a good picture of the kingdom of God to to keep in mind. You know, when you enter the kingdom of God, he says, if you if you don't come as a child, you're not going to see the kingdom. And, and the pride that keeps people away from the gospel is that they uh, they think they can do it on their own. They think they're good enough. I made my own way. And they resist God as Father, God as Creator. They take for granted the fact that, you know, we're dependent on a lot of things we don't think about. You know, if air would suddenly leave this room, aren't you grateful for the air you're breathing? (laughs) Water you drink, you know? See, God created us and it's Him that sustains us. It's Him that gives us daily bread, daily life. See, and there's a physical side to that, but there's a spiritual side to that. And the spiritual side to that, the challenge in explaining the gospel to people, the gospel is actually really simple. It's called recreated. (laughs) You were one thing, and when you get to know Jesus, you're a completely different thing. You were darkness, but now, everybody say now. Now you're light in the Lord. You're not becoming light, you are light. So it's, when you get born again, that's it. But see, the difference, what makes Christians difference between, you know, varying degrees, it's their relationship with God. Because everybody's standing in Christ is equal. And, and whether you can think of it this way or not, but there's no difference between the, the Spirit of Christ has lost none of its post, potency since the day he breathed on the disciples and since the day you got born again. It has lost none. Everybody say none. It's the same spirit of Christ. So my standing. Everybody say my. Your standing is no different in Christ than the Apostle Paul. Your standing in Christ. You are none diminished from Peter. The only difference that could exist. Doesn't have to exist. But could exist. Is relationship. Because the standing that we receive as sons and daughters, God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't delve out portions of Christ's nature in accordance to how much he likes you. <laughs> well, I like this one more, so he's going to play a special role in my body. And I like this one a little less because of those things he said. And so we're going to give this one a little bit less nature of Christ. Okay, and we'll see what he does with it. That's not how this works. Each and every one of you, when you get born into Christ, you are baptized into the same spirit. And we are all collectively one spirit with the Lord. Each and every one of us are members of his body. What is the what is the picture of that? I mean, sometimes in, in church, it becomes so cliche, it loses its power. But what does it mean to be a member of the body of Christ. If he's the head and we're members of his body. Think about that. So let's say you had Jesus standing here in front of you. In, in, in spirit, in flesh, he's present. Present to heal, present to do everything he's called to do. His hand submits to his will. His mind submits to his will. His feet submit to his will. His 
Every part of him is surrendered to the will of God. And his whole purpose and function in this earth is to give glory to God as father. And if there's rebellion in his body, do you think he's going to address it? See, if there's a a sickness, if he he wakes up with a cold. (laughs) Could you just see Jesus? Oh, man. Peter, I'm sorry, you're going to have to take today. (laughs) You're going to have to take the shift today, Peter. I am not feeling it. Let me tell you. (laughs) I have just been. Let me speak for Jesus hypothetically. Man, this has just been wearing me out. People all day long. You know what I mean? I'm just so tired and. I keep praying for them and they keep coming and I only slept six hours the night before and I only slept four hours. A night. I just need a break. You know? First off, I don't think he ever got to that point because I think he knew how to get away and get alone. OK, but secondly, he knew how to sustain himself with God. He knew how to keep uh, in perfect union with God as his father. And so if you have been joined to the Lord, I'm not, I'm tired of coming up with excuses or messages or ideas that I don't see in Jesus. And, And we preach wisdom in church, but I don't see Jesus exemplifying that wisdom. Okay. I don't want to touch on that. Listen, everybody knows their own relationship with God, okay? And you walk with God how you want to, okay? And you let him lead you. And, and, and you know, Nathan put it in a really good way. Uh, everybody's standing is the same. Everybody's uh, got the same standing in Christ. <laughs> everybody can have the same relationship to know him. To know him and have confidence. I, I, I so appreciate his testimony. How he had his little girl. How many of you are here for that testimony? His little girl going down the slide. Okay. Most of us did. Okay. I'll reshare his testimony for you. He was taking his little girl Mila down the side. They were going down the slide. Went down too fast. Bent her leg backwards. Little girl couldn't stand up. For, for a couple hours. And he made a stand and prayed for her. And the bottom line is she got completely healed. And, and she was jumping up and down and she still remembers little baby Mila. She still remembers that day she got healed. Well, what he said after the end of that, he says, now you don't make that stand unless you are confident in your relationship with Jesus. Okay. I'm saying all that to say this. I don't think Jesus would be afraid of coming in contact with COVID-19. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if you've got to wear a mask for somebody else's sake, for their fear and whatever, that's fine. But as far as I'm concerned in Christ, I'm immune. Because if Jesus didn't have it, I mean, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling if you. If you do not see yourself as an extension of his body, it is by faith. Everybody say faith. faith. See, and we, we kind of in the flesh, everybody say flesh. See, in the flesh, we want something more concrete. We want to we we want to be able to hold it, you know. Give me my immunity certificate. You know, we want to be able to feel it. We want to be able to inject it in our arm and say, there's the vaccine. We're okay. Praise God. But God did something greater than all that. He made it by faith. It can't be corrupted and it can't be touched. It can't be seen and it can't be felt. It's only in your heart. 
And that trust in God is so powerful that nothing, nothing can get a hold of it. Nothing can take it away. Nothing can, no moth, no rust can corrupt it, destroy it, whittle it away. Faith in Christ can grow and grow and grow. And it is not touchable by anything. So we got to, I, I, I don't believe any of this stuff coming in the world is God. Anybody that tells you otherwise needs to read the Bible. <laughs> they, God, God didn't send COVID-19 to shake the church up. But it did shake the church up. And the silver lining in it all is people get a little bit of a mirror to see where they're at. They get a little bit of a mirror to see, okay, whether they like to admit it to themselves or not, that rocked me more than it should have. Okay. Because your relationship with God, your standing is all equal. Everybody say equal. God is no respecter of persons. Nature of Christ, nature of Christ, nature of Christ. But Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. You'll have what you say. And there is a the only difference is intimacy with father. It's relationship with God and relationship with God is something I think all of us, if I were to take a poll right now, how many of you know you're supposed to be spending time in prayer? Hallelujah. Everybody knows that. How many of you know you're supposed to be fasting? Jesus said we're supposed to be fasting. He says when. Everybody say when. When you fast. So he didn't give you a if you fast, you know, or well, it's been 2000 years. They probably forgot about that. (laughs) When you fast. He said when you pray, when you fast. But see, why? Why do we pray? Why do we fast? Do we pray and fast to become more sons and daughters of God than we already are? Do we pray and we fast and we seek God because we need more help than he's already given? Do we pray and we fast because there's still mountains in our life that we have to overcome? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Let's see, when you pray and when you fast, all he's going to do is continue to give you the revelation that Jesus set you free from sin. And when you got born again, he's going to tell you you're free. Whom the son sets free is free indeed. And (laughs) let me temper the gospel a little bit. There's more growth in going and doing what he said than there is in sitting and hoping that you're going to grow into it. There's more growth in going and doing what he told you to do. In other words, when he said, go be a witness to me. If you know that you, when you got born again, you died with him and you're raised with him. You're qualified to be a witness of Jesus because you have the life of God on the inside of you. You're putting off the old man and you're putting on the new man. That recreative work doesn't have to be a long drawn out process. It was you died and you're raised. <clears throat> Last year when we were doing um, all of those baptisms out front. We'd go under the water. We'd pull you back out. We'd go under the water. We'd pull you back out. And after the end of that, you know, I think we did about 20 of them. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I mean, it finally hit me. I've been in this. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. There's a mock funeral. 
It's a mock funeral. In other words, when you go in that water, they're saying, you're dead. Today, Richard Edgar dies. And he is raised with Christ in newness of life. Because we, we all know that this life is passing away. We, ha- we have this life for a short period of time. But when we commit our life to Christ, we reckon ourselves now. Everybody say now. We reckon ourselves now, not in a coming time, not 60, 70, 30, 40, 20, 10 years from now, we're going to die. We reckon the day we get born again, we are dead in Christ and we're raised to newness of life. So Christians are constantly living with the perspective, with the hope, with the coming resurrection of their mortal body. They're living in this life presently now as though they're already dead. They are born again and the new creation is coming. I got news for you. It's not just heaven by and by. God wants to completely revamp this place. It's not about doing away. It's about completely renewing. And see, he's going to there's going to be a new heavens. There's going to be new earth and there's going to be a new body. But the new you, everybody say me, the new you is already there. And since the new you is already there by faith, we walk as though it's already there and we live as though it's already there. And John says he that has this hope in himself purifies himself, even as he is pure. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. So he's saying there, look, you've been giving the standing and everybody has that standing. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But exercising it by faith is what growth looks like. Stepping off that nature every single day when you have an opportunity to forgive. When you have an opportunity to share the hope that's on the inside of you. When somebody comes to you and tells you how they're feeling ill and they're not feeling, they got a sickness in their body and you know they don't know Christ. Why don't you get a little bit of boldness and say, 10 bucks says Jesus will heal you today. (laughs) Don't condone betting, okay? (laughs) Anyway, you don't have you don't have to know everything. Man, if that guy who heard one message from Jesus started going around casting out devils, wasn't even one of the disciples. And the disciples were trying to forbid him from doing it. Jesus says, don't forbid him. How much more can you do? But see, it's by faith. Everybody say faith. See, we have been spoon fed a lie. Um, See, I don't I don't have to fight your battles and I don't have to fight your self-perception. I have to fight my self-perception. And so the challenge is, what are you going to believe about yourself? Are you going to believe your own version of you? Are you going to believe your own self-perception? Because every day you wake up and you look in the mirror and you see that familiar face that you woke up with your entire life. And you remember and you say, I know who that is. But the truth is, this is who you are. Because you have been born again. Everybody say again. And that, that light bulb needs to come on. And no praying and fasting is relationship with God. But who you are was accomplished by Jesus. And praying and fasting and spending time in worship, confessing the word, 
These things should not be burdens to carry that you know you ought to do because you have to because I'm not good enough. Praying and fasting and reading the word are built on the foundation of I'm a completely new person and I got access to Jesus. And there's nothing he and I can't do together. And I want to know him because Jesus said, everybody say Jesus said. See, what's the definition of eternal life? Jesus gave us the definition of eternal life in John. That they may know you, Father. They may know you. See, That knowing you is so important. Because you can be recreated in the image of Christ. But if you continue down a path where you do not follow God as your Father and you don't know Him. You're like a branch that maybe you were connected up with the vine. But if it's how many of you know, if you take a branch, and you cut it off, saw it off. You can take it, put it in your house and it'll stay green for a long time. Everybody know what I'm talking about. You can even stick it in a vase, create some circumstances where it might live a little bit longer. But in the end, you've just killed it. See? In the New Testament, it describes those as twice plucked up. Twice plucked up people that have known Jesus. And it says it'd be better if you'd never known Jesus than had you known Jesus and then walked away from him again. Because it's completely possible to be born again, know Jesus. And then say, you know what? I'm not going to continue fellowshipping with God as father. And Jesus said it this way. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And you don't do what I say. In other words, there's a person that can exist in a place where they say, Lord, Lord, Lord. And they pray for the sick and they say, Lord and Lord. But in their hearts and in their lives, they're working iniquity. And he says, depart from me, you who work iniquity. But see, we who have been born again, we're continually renewed day by day because we get to spend time with God and he refreshes us. He, he gives us strength. He gives us. It's his life that's exercised on a daily basis. And I want to make us conscious. Everybody say conscious. <clears throat> okay. Uh, hallelujah. Every Sunday, this is possible. For a person to come to church and become re. All of a sudden they're awake and they're conscious. Can you see this picture? Christian come to church on Sunday once a week, once a week they come in and all of a sudden they're aware. Hey, God's with me. Once a week they come in all of a sudden they're aware. Hey, I'm conscious that I'm this is what the scriptures say. I'm a new old things have passed away. I can do it. Praise God. I can do it. Conscious. And every week. Sunday is the day they become conscious that God's with them and in them. And, and most people, I'm just saying, I'm not saying here. I'm just saying you could generally say the bulk of people's relationship with God, the bulk of people's relationship with God occurs on Sunday morning. And I'm so thankful that they can come on Sunday morning. But what about when you can't? Or, you know, these last couple months. When you haven't been able to come on Sunday morning. See that relationship with God. I don't even want to be present with it once a day. I want to be present with it all the time. Everybody say all. I want to be. 
Could you imagine somebody that goes to sleep intermittently through their work? <laughs> Every hour they're out. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's time to be awake, you know. But God wants you to be aware, awake, conscious of your relationship. I just embarrass you, honey. <laughs> God wants you to be aware, awake, conscious of your relationship with him continually. Everybody say continually. I see us going to sleep throughout our day. But the more frequently we stay awake and conscious to the truth that Jesus is in us 24-7, you're not going to hit those patches of depression. You're not going to hit those patches of mental fatigue. You're not going to hit those patches of hopelessness and fear. Because fear has a place in your heart if hope is not there. Fear has a place in your heart if faith is not there. Fear has a place in your heart if the love of God is not there. Or if the love of God is seldomly reminded to you. Every week I'm reminded that God loves me. Well, you got seven other days. What are you doing? You know? We have to be a people that are... And it's not a burden. If you hear this in the wrong light, I don't want it to sound like a burden. Conscious of your connection with Christ. Conscious like I'm conscious I'm married. Conscious like I'm conscious I'm a father. See, It's part of your waking reality that Jesus lives in you. And if you're only expectant of the power of God at a special conference, or if you're only expectant of the presence of God at a church, then you're asleep. Because the truth is, all the time, He's present. He's there. And when you're conscious, let me use another word for it. It's faith all the time. It's on. Flip the switch of faith on and believe the gospel all the time. Because when you're presently aware of his presence in you. No matter where you are, you're going to be looking for opportunities to see Jesus move. And Paul says it plainly, the power of the gospel is not in word only, but it's in deed. It's in demonstration of the spirit. He didn't come preaching the gospel with worldly wisdom. He didn't come and I'm grateful for the gifts that debate with atheists. I'm grateful for the gifts that logically lay out the scriptures and will dispute fallacies like evolution. I'm grateful for those things. But the bottom line is we don't preach the gospel on those terms. We preach the gospel on his terms. And it's the supernatural power of God that was intended to go before the preaching of the gospel. Jesus instructed him, you lay your hands on the sick, you raise the dead, you cast out devils and preach the gospel. And if they don't receive you, then then you shake off the dust. See, he didn't say come berating them with scriptures and telling them to change their lives and not show them the power of God. <clears throat> I, I loved last night and it wasn't because of my message. It was because God was working up here. I mean, we had people getting healed up here. We had 
stuff popping. <laughs> we had a, a kid get healed of headaches and back pain. Man, what kind of evidence of God is that that he loves you? How easy is it to say, hey, do you know Jesus after something like that? See, that's the gospel. And, and to be quite honest, I'm, there's no more messages to preach after a certain point. <laughs> You're running out of things to say, but we sure haven't run out of people that need Jesus. You know? We don't need 10 years of sermon prep. And, and what's the newest thing I can talk about today? And how can we take the, the latest movie and turn it into a, a message about Christ? What we need is demonstration of the spirit. <laughs> what we need is Jesus on display. Because there's a lot of people that aren't in church today. That they're hurting and they're broken. And they don't have any hope. And they're so fearful. I can't tell you how little I have thought about COVID. <laughs> Only time I ever do is I, I pop on Facebook and I see other people freaking out. <laughs> I'm not thinking about it. You walk by a different source. But it's possible to be a Christian and not walk by that source. And that's if that's you, I suggest changing what you're drinking from. <laughs> you got bad water, okay? You need to you need to drink from another source. You need not not because you have to, but because you love Jesus. Worship you, praise you. Every morning you have an opportunity to connect up. And I used to so, I used to so dismiss the five minutes in my car going places. And now they're some of my favorite times. Because I'd say, well, I don't have two hours to sit and pray and really, you know, get quiet. But I love going places. And while I'm going, thank you, Jesus, praise you, worship you. And then just like that, no conjuring it up, no pressing in, no pushing, no flesh to fight with. He's there. He's there so quick and he's ready to move and it doesn't take a full band set and it doesn't take all of this extra stuff and equipment. You are the best equipment God has. You are his revival on legs. Be looking for opportunities and it's not going to be hard. You think, oh man, I got to add this to my list of things to do. <laughs> no, you're missing it. Okay. <laughs> Pray, oh my gosh. Read the word, oh my gosh. Worship, oh man. Okay, and then I got to give to the poor. Oh, so much work, so much work. That's not it. That's not it. Like that's not it when you're in love with somebody. Could you imagine approaching my wife that way? Like I was dating my wife, you know. So I, when we first started dating, I never approached it like this, oh man. We got to spend three whole hours together tonight. Holy cow. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if I can fit anything else in. <laughs> How much money do I got to spend on this? <laughs> I did not count the cost. I didn't count the hours. I guarantee you for a couple months there, I was I was checked out <laughs> for a couple years. I was checked out. I'm, I'm still checked out, aren't I? <laughs> Oops. Do you, under, you understand what my premise is? Right? I don't believe in ever losing intimacy with your spouse. And and uh, I don't believe in ever losing intimacy with Jesus. 
Because if you continue to invest in those things, they're going to bear fruit. And you don't count the cost that way. It's not homework. It's a fruit of love. It's a fruit of that relationship. See? And so you don't don't look at like, oh man, okay, my prayer life, I gotta somebody's gotta come through and preach and beat me back into a prayer life. How is that love? He loves you so much. He sent his son. He died for you. Paid the price. Why did he have to die for me? Because everyone has to die. And he had to go through that process to for you to identify with his death so that you could also identify with his life. Because when he got raised to newness of life, that resurrection life abides in you. I hope you're catching this. I hope you're seeing how it was imperative that he come imperative that he die and that the new creation, the moment he got out of that grave, new creation started that day. He was a new. You know, he had a glorified body and he breathed on his disciples says, receive you the Holy Ghost. And hello, you're the disciples today. And everywhere you go, Peter came right out of that preaching the gospel. Peter came right out of that, taking people that had been chronically crippled for their entire lives and popping them up out. And the only, I say it this way, that standing is yours today. But when you know God, it breeds confidence. When you spend time in a loving relationship with your father and he's working in your life and he's talking to you. And all of a sudden it bleeds over into your daily routine. It breeds confidence. It's God confidence that he's with you all the time. And it's not a chore to step out and pray for people. It'll bleed over. Everybody with me? That love relationship with God. Love relationship. Not duty, not obligation, not religion, not I know I'm supposed to. It's a love relationship with God. Everybody hearing me? All those other things, you'll burn out when it's I have to. Oh, my goodness, not another sermon on why I need to pray. It's going to burn you out. But if you love God, it's not going to burn you out. It's going to consume you. And that's what we need to be. If it's not motivated by love, then it's not faith. Everybody hearing me? Faith does not work by religious duty. Faith works by Love. And that's what's going to bear the fruit. That's what's going to set people free. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm excited for the doing. I'm excited for services without messages. Amen. <laughs> I'm excited for seeing the gospel. Hallelujah. Natalie, would you come play for a minute?